0: Hey, good morning. Good to see you guys. It's so good to be back. Uh, missed you guys last week. This is Sarah. you doing an awesome job. We celebrate her. So proud of her. Um, I was in Calcutta, India. So like you can't go any further away before you start coming back home. So the other side of the globe and uh, at night. You guys are here in the morning. I was over there watching Facebook Live. This is cool. So welcome all you guys. Facebook Live or tune into our podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, I was able to tune in last week and see it. What was really cool is uh, just moments before you guys started service, I was in a service in a theater in Calcutta, India, um, speaking. I was able to, to speak and preach at, at a church over there. Uh, that night, it was a Sunday night, which is be Sunday morning here. And uh, I went and did that ministry there at a theater church. And then uh, which is really cool, and then went to the hotel and watched you guys have service last week. So it was it was great to be able to, to tune in. Um, I'm excited to share about Calcutta and what I learned in my experiences. Uh, that will be in the next few months. We'll be talking more about that uh, and a service. I'll talk a little about that, but um, uh, we'll save that for, for the next few weeks. We want to uh, wrap up our, our series of uphill habits um, this week. So we're in part four. Really, this is like the big idea of this whole series is this, that most people have uphill hopes and dreams and goals, uh, but a lot of people have, the problem is not that they don't have, they have the goals, it's that their habits are downhill and they never achieve their goals because they don't have the right habit. And so as long as you have a downhill habit, you'll never achieve your uphill goals in life. And so the, the challenge for, we've been saying this the last four weeks is, why don't we get some uphill habits in our life built into it? So that two thousand and eighteen can be the best year of your life it doesn't just happen on its own uh, Romans twelve two uh, the verse we 've shared every week that kind of we' built upon is this it says, "Fix your attention on God, you start with god you 'll be, you'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognize what he wants from you, and quickly respond to it, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well formed maturity in you. We said this is what God's heart for us is. He wants to develop uh wall for maturity, that we become the kind of people that He's always wanted to have you to be, to me to be, and, and that 2018 would be a great year. And so we talked about this. What would this look like? And so today we're gonna talk about the last part of it is really influences in our life. Uh, he, in this verse, he talks about culture. You don't just go along with it. Don't let the culture drag you down to its level of maturity, but, but let God bring you up. What's this idea? Is it? You can just go with the flow and have downhill habits and downhill patterns, or you can say, God, help me to become the person you want me to become and form these uphill habits and relationships. So let's review uh, the last uh, three weeks, and then we'll jump into today's. Uh, habit one was this that we need to focus on what we do first. Uh, what we put first Dictates everything else afterwards. So if you get it wrong, the first thing wrong, everything else that builds upon it most likely will, won't be as, as healthy or good as it can be. But if you get the right things first, uh, you'll be able to have a good foundation and build upon a, a good life. So that was the first week we said make sure, make sure you focus on what you do first because it sets the tone, a foundation for everything else that follows along. Habit two, we said control your thoughts. Uh, this is an important habit. If we're going to have 2018 be a great year, we have to learn to be able to, to manage our thoughts and control our thoughts so we can be, um, uh, just, we can live a, a better life. In fact, the scriptures over and over and over talk about how important it is the thoughts that we think about ourselves, about God, about others. And so we, we talked about that, controlling our thoughts. Habit three, this was last week, uh, since we talked about, uh, keeping our lives aligned with purpose. Uh, that this is this is key because when you lose purpose, when you don't under, have understanding of what you're doing with your life, you'll be going a lot of different places. And so she challenged us: to, let's keep our life aligned with the purpose that God has for our lives. So we need to figure that out. And as a church, we're committed to helping you discover that. We do it every month through 301. We help you discover uh, your gifts and how you're wired, so you can have understanding of maybe what God is laying out for you to accomplish with your life. Uh, She said that if your life is out of alignment, you will have pains in other areas called deferred pain, right? And so whenever your life is out, 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 your alignment's out in life, other areas of your life might have some pain points and it's figuring out where am I out of alignment. So she said, there's gonna be competition. So make sure you live by design, not just default. And the fourth thing she gave us last week was this, decide what is important. Uh, give calendar time to those important things, Eliminate non essentials and then take inventory regularly of your life and what you're doing so you can stay aligned. Um, and we can't lose those. So, those are the first three habits. Today, we're going to talk about the fourth habit, and this is this that we need to choose our relationships carefully. So, habit four for 2018, if you will form this habit, um, I promise you, you 2018 will can be one of the best years of your life. And here's the reason why because uh, today's habit that we're going to talk about most likely has been the one thing that has shaped your life more than anything else you've ever done. Um, that, that's, and that's a pretty, pretty broad statement, but the relationships that you've had in your lives, uh, some of these you chose, some of these were just you inherited, um, some things that you just that have come along with it, but those things have shaped your life. And so what I'm challenging us today is what would it look like if we were actually intentional and said, what would it look like if I was intentional in choosing those kind of relationships that are uphill that would challenge me to become become better. Uh, One of the reasons I went to Calcutta, India in the first place is because of this habit. I am trying to be very intentional with the relationships that I cultivate the relationships that I have in my life because I want to be stretched I want to become the person God has for me and sometimes it takes energy it takes resources it takes time uh it takes finances to be able to to grow and to be challenged to become the person that God has us has for us and so I'm saying God help me to find those relationships that are going to challenge me so I can I can become everything you want me to become Proverbs 27:19 says it like this a mirror reflects a man's face all right, we, we see your face in the mirror, but what he is really like is shown by the kinds of friends that he chooses. So really who you are like, who you're becoming, uh, is, is, is shown by the people you choose to hang out with, the most the people that you allow to influence in your life. It's an indication of who you are or who you're becoming um, or by the people that you, you choose. You might have heard it said like this, uh, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. It's true. The people you have around will, be, will have a great indication of who you're going to become. So if you want to have, if you have uphill hopes and, and goals and dreams for 2018, you need to get people around you that are going to challenge you to, to realize and to reach those goals, uh, like a coach, uh, like a friend that's going to encourage you, people that are going to help you on this journey to become everything you, want, you would like to become. So a couple things we need to do if we're going to choose our relationships carefully. One is we need to learn to nurture are important relationships. So those, those important relationships in your life, you need to learn to nurture those relationships. You know, it's, it's, when, you're, when you have a relationship, whether it's a friend or, or a spouse, uh, there's those moments where uh, you probably heard it said, like, man, the fire is just not there. Like, the fire's gone out. It's just, it's just, it's just gone. Um, and, and people sometimes struggle with that in relationships. It's like, it's not what it was. There's not as much energy or passion or excitement in, in those relationships. And, and sometimes people, they think it's the fireplace's fault that the fire went out. Like it's the relationship's fault. It's just not a good relationship. Well, in your house, if you have a fireplace, we do it our house, we don't blame the fireplace when there's no fire in it, right? Anybody? Like, man, that fireplace is no good. There's no fire there. You don't blame the fireplace. You understand it's not the fireplace's fault. It is my responsibility to put wood in the fireplace. It's my responsibility to get the kindling and to get the matches, right? So when the fire's gone out in relationships. The, the answer is not to get a new fireplace. I think culture tells us that. Just get a new fireplace. No, because eventually that fireplace is going to go out too. Just getting, there's not going to be a fire. The answer is get the wood, get the kindling, get the things it takes to have that fire going. So my relationship with my wife, I have to be very intentional to know that it takes, it takes work to nurture our relationship. We have to be intentional about having healthy relationships. With my kids, relationships, relationships just don't happen you have to have intentionality of saying, I need to spend time. I need to, you, need to, you need to get the, the wood and put some wood in there. And, um, and you know what that is, right? Date nights. And that's uh, having opportunities to go and, and spend quality time. Figuring out what the other person's love language is. Uh, my wife, she's, she's an acts of service kind of person. And so when I do dishes, she's like, man, you're the best in the world. So... I like to wash dishes because it speaks a lot to her. If I rub her feet, she's like, you're the best in the world. Um, and so she's, she's, I'm a words of affirmation. And so when she encourages me, that speaks volumes to me. It's nurturing those relationships. It's knowing um, in, in those relationships, how to have healthy relationships. Um, and first Peter four, seven through eight, uh, the end of all things is near. Therefore be clear minded and self-control so, so that you can pray above all, Love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sin. So Peter's telling us, make, make love. Make this an important part of your, of your life. Love each other. Love each other deeply. Care for each other. Because here's what happens. When we love each other, uh, everything around us gets better. And, and God is telling us to do this. You know, in, in our culture, sometimes it's just easier to look at other fields and think, man, the grass is so much greener over there. My, gra- my grass is kind of brown and, you know, drying up. And you look over there and it's like, man, that grass is green. I want that grass. Well, here's what we don't fail to understand is, well, yeah, that grass might be really green, but the water bill is like 10 times as much as your water bill, right? So maybe just start watering your lawn a little more and get your grass green. Uh, It's not always a let's jump to something else, but hey, what if you cultivated? What if you worked at what's in front of you? I guarantee you, if you did, you would be able to get some green grass. There's a reason the grass is brown. You're doing something wrong. You're not doing something right. But if you cultivate, if you work on it and nurture those important relationships, they will grow. Uh, my relationships that I'm that, friends that I'm closest with, the reason I'm close is because we intentionally spend time, we intentionally uh, do things. I, I, I have to laugh with people. Uh, I know that I can be somebody's friend if we can laugh together. Uh, I've had, I have a couple of pastors that, man, they are um, sticks in the mud. I think that's the term. Um, you can't laugh at all. Like you say something funny. It's not funny. And you, after a while you're like, man, I, I just can't be this person's friend because you need to be able to cultivate that and nurture that. So it's important that we have that in our lives that we, we, we don't let our emotions or our feelings or what we see, uh, determine how we, how we respond. We don't go by emotions We choose, we make a choice to say, I'm going to do something in my life and then I'm going to let my choices dictate and the feelings will eventually come along after that. So nurture your important relationships. Uh, Second thing is restore broken relationships. In your life, if there are relationships that are broken, uh, that keeps you back. There's something in your life that's holding you back. And, And sometimes it seems like it's a lot of pain to fix it. But I guarantee the pain of fixing it is a lot less than the pain of holding on to those broken relationships. In some cases, you can't fix those. So you need to learn to forgive. Uh, you need to learn to, to move on. In some cases, you can. Have that conversation. But it's, it's to restore and fix broken relationships in your lives. Because if not, it, it, it sucks life from you. It holds you back from everything that you, you could be. In fact, uh, uh, one, one uh, leader says it like this. Chris Hodge, He says, Unforgiveness is like setting yourself on fire, hoping the other person dies of smoke inhalation. And that's kind of what... So unforgiveness is like a poison to ourselves. It's like, well, I'm just not going to forgive this person. Well, that's like lighting yourself on fire, hoping the other person dies. Uh, you might have heard it like this. Um, unforgiveness is like drinking poison, right? Hoping the other person dies from it. It's like, no, you're only poisoning yourself. You're only hurting yourself because you're holding on to unforgiveness. And over and over, the Bible says, learn, learn to let go. Whenever possible, r- fix those things, let go. In fact, Colossians 3.13 says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. The major theme of the New, of the new Testament of the Bible is, is forgiveness. And learn to forgive. Learn to let go. Uh, learn to, to move forward. In the one year Bible, I just read a story, a parable that Jesus said, and a guy that couldn't forgive, man, God had a, a lot of choice words to, to say about him because he was missing the point. He had been forgiven much, and he couldn't even forgive a little bit. And God said, you missed the point. Forgiveness is given to you. Learn to give forgiveness away. Um, Nurture your important relationships, restore broken broken relationships, and then I would say this, sever any harmful relationships. This is those relationships in your life that you, used, are, they, you know they're not good for you. Um, like Roman says, they're dragging you down to their level of maturity. Uh, there's relationships in our lives that are that are, that are not the kind that God has for us. And even though culture says it's acceptable, even though cultures might say it, it's fine, if those relationships are not building you up and keeping you healthy, you need to learn to, to, to either redefine those relationships and change them, um, or cut them off completely so you can be a healthy person. When they're not healthy, they'll only bring you down. Proverbs 3.20 says that he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. So if, you have, if you're in a relationship with, with foolish people, you're going to suffer from that. Uh, so we need the right kind of relationships in our lives. In fact, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians that, that um, bad character corrupts good morals. Uh, bad company corrupts, corrupts good character. And that when we have people in our lives that are unhealthy, they're actually going to mess us up. It's going to spoil our, our character and who we are. So we need to nurture the important relationships, restore broken, sever harmful relationships, and then initiate some meaningful relationships. Here's the part where everybody says, well, I wish I had. Um, here's the truth. Anybody in your life that can help you, I guarantee that if, if they're going to be, be a, a lot of help to you, they probably don't have the time to help you. You need to learn how to be able to uh, figure out how to be able to get into that person's life, anyways. Uh, Figure out ways to be able to to um, earn 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 a way to learn from them to grow. Uh, It's initiating meaningful relationships. Initiation means you're doing something new. You're doing something. You're you're changing something in your life. And can I just be honest? Whenever there's change, there's always some form of of being uncomfortable comes with that. A new relationship, it's uncomfortable. It's new. I have to learn people. I have to to learn about things. And and we're starting small groups. This is a part of that. A lot of people stay away from small groups because they're afraid they'll be uncomfortable. And because they don't push through and and they don't don't get relationships in their lives that could actually be the relationships that help them to become everything God has them to become. If they'll just push through. In fact, Hebrews says, uh, Hebrews 10.25, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. So Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews is saying, get in the habit of meeting with each other. So in the New Testament, uh, they would gather and worship in the temple, kind of like a church setting. But they would, they would grow together in relationships during the week through small groups. And that's part of our church. And we're going to talk about that a little more in this message. So here's how we master the habit of, of choosing, uh, uh, learning to choose healthy relationships. All right. Number one, we need to uh, develop relationships with my church. So if you're here today, uh, if this is not your church, we have some great churches in Santa Fe that you should be a part of. But if, if you're considering a church, the Grove is a great church. But you need to find a church that you can say, that is my church, which means you're a part of the community. You're a part of this, um, this family that is doing life together, that is helping each other along, along, along in life. Uh, so you have to learn to say, I want, I want to develop that relationship with my church. So we have a great church. I, w- I would encourage you to, to, to be a part of it. But if not, I would say find one that you can be passionate about, that you can love, and then join and be a part of it. In fact, Ephesians 2.19 says you are members of God's very own family, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. Every single person needs a church body. They need a family to belong with, to, to do life with, to have, have alongside them um, over and over. Even, in fact, the Bible makes this assumption that if you're a Christ follower, you're in a community with other people, with other Christ followers, because we can't do life alone. Like, we're not designed to do life alone. God created us to be relational and to, to help others and for others to help us on this journey. So we need to, we need to be a part of that. Um, you, you've, you've had these relationships where, you know, maybe at church, you, you maybe at a tender, you come and, and you're a part and you, you enjoy it. Um, I would say when, you, when it's your church, my church, that's when you become an owner of it. It's not just somewhere you go to, but it's, it's a, you're a part of it. Um, the donuts out there, the owners of this church, they bought those donuts. Like if, if you give an offering, you're an owner, you help buy those donuts. Uh, the things that we do as a church, we do as a church together, uh, owners act different than attenders. There's a, there's a higher level of responsibility when you're an owner. And when you have my church, that means I'm an owner of this. I'm, um, there's privileges that come with it, but there's also responsibilities that I'm a part of this community. So I would, I would encourage you to develop that relationship with, With a church, and I would say, man, this church is a great one. We'd love for you to be a part of it. Number two, develop my relationships with godly friends. You need to learn to develop relationships with godly, godly people in your life. Uh, Acts two forty four says all the believers met together consistently, and they shared everything with each other. Um, You need to be around people who pull you up, that that are that are challenging to become better, uh, that see things in your life that say, no, that's that's not that's not good. Like, don't go there. Um, if you're around people who accept just average and, and are okay with you just being um, not okay, that's an indication that those aren't godly people that are trying to help you to become more that God has for you. Now, one of the ways we do this in our church is through small groups. Uh, small groups start in two weeks. Um, we build them around different, um, different topics. Uh, some, some, some of our groups are marriage. Some are, are women's groups, men's groups. Um, we have a student group. Uh, we, have a, we have a leadership this one. We're going to have some different groups that will be happening around uh, the city at different times. Um, really, the reason we gather is really for relationship. It's not just for that topic. It's great to learn about uh, marriage. It's great to learn about finances. It's going to help you. But the real reason is to be able to develop relationships with other where you we get to a place and you say, oh, wow, you too? Because um, here's, the, here's the deal. We all wear masks to some degree. Like We don't let everybody in on everything that we do all the time. Um, and that's not necessarily the problem because uh, all of us have these things. We all have issues. We all have things we're trying to work on in life. The, the, it, the real issue is when nobody knows about your issue. That's when you're on dangerous ground. That's when you're uh, most susceptible to doing something dumb is when you don't allow other people to know that your struggles. You don't allow people to know really what you're facing. And this is the point of um, the groups that we do. Um, they'll go for 13 weeks from, from February 11th to till, till about May 12th. Um, and I would encourage you, get a part of a group. Join a group. Um, you, you, will, it's amazing. The stories that we hear when people finally get into a group, they push through that. Okay. Uh, this is going to be uncomfortable for a little bit, but I'm going to try it out. And I would say, try a group. If you don't fit, that's fine. Get find a different group, find that group that you fit in where you can begin to build relationships with other people who are on the journey, just like you are. Um, it's amazing to see that last, uh, last this semester, last year for the, the spring semester, 60% of the, of the people in this room, uh, were involved in groups. So, our average Sunday attendance, 60% of all of us were in a group, which is, I think is awesome for us being a young church that we had so many people involved in a group. Uh, so just know there's a lot of people around you who, if you want to know more about it, ask some questions. Are you in a group? What group do you, are you part of? Um, and at some point, man, when you're ready, start a group, lead a group, help others to, to be a part of, of this. And there's different groups that we have. Um, just try it out. All right. So that's the second one. Number three is develop uh, relationships with a team. When in, in our lives, uh, there's, there's uh, nothing significant you will do alone. Um, you can't, I, I bet you couldn't name a single person who did anything of significance that did it by themselves. I mean, we see the, the name of somebody, but if you look at their story, there's always multiple people on the journey with them helping them. Uh, I recently read about this guy who was a cyclist who, who broke all these records, and he began to talk about his journey, and he began to list coaches and nutritionists and his team members um, who helped him on this journey. So, yeah, he got all the awards, but it was a team effort. It wasn't him by himself. In life, nothing you do of significance will be done alone. And, and, and our invitation is develop a relationship with a team. Uh, get on a team. I would say even in our church, we have multiple teams that, that meet. You know, small groups are kind of like a team. Our, our, our set-up team before service, um, the kids' ministry, our greeters, our hospitality, all kinds of teams you can be a part of. Uh, today after church, you can learn more about it, 401. We talk about team, what, that, what it's like. But Ecclesiastes says it like this, 4, 8 through 9. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. Two are better than one because they have good return the labor. Here's the thing I would say about team. It's fun to be on a team. Uh, it's fun to be a part of, of something that's making a difference. Uh, we're, when I went to India, I went to learn from them. I want to be a part of, of what they're doing um, and really to see how we could team up and partner with them because when we come alongside others that are doing a great thing, we can, we can bring an even greater impact if we're willing to say, um, I'll be a part of this because uh, together we can do so much more. And so I would say um, our church, it works pretty good without you right now if you're not on team. But it would work so much better if you were. And I would, I would invite you would, you, would you join? Be a part of what, what's happening, what we're doing. And then number four, um, develop develop your relationship with God. Uh, throughout the uphill habits, and here's the thing, all these things that I'm telling you, they're not easy. They don't just come easy. It, it takes intentionality. It takes that moment of saying, I'm going to work at this. I'm going to become um, what God wants me to become. I'm going I'm to have healthy relationships. That all takes work. It doesn't just happen over uh, by by itself. And the same with God, our relationship with God. We need to learn to develop that relationship with Him. Um, you know, one of the things that I challenged uh, the, the church this year was, was start with one year, one year Bible reading. Uh, get the app on your phone or, or buy the Bible and begin to work through it in a year. Um, you, you have to be intentional about cultivating that relationship with God. It doesn't just happen. It takes you to say, I'm an initiate. I'm going to be a part of this. And so in our church, we have a, a lot of people who are reading the one year together. So every day we, we go and comment on what we read and we can share and, um, and see what other people got from it and learn from it. Uh, what, what, I, what I love about the one year Bible is no matter how many times I go through it, there's always something that I learn or I'm reminded of. Uh, this, this last year I've been reading. I didn't realize how many times God keeps going back and referring to the promise he made uh, to, the, to Abraham and to Isaac and Jacob. Over and over, it's like, hey, don't forget, I made this promise. Don't forget, I made this promise. Like He's, he's trying to say, I'm consistent. I'm, I'm faithful. I'm going to be there no matter what. And over and over and over throughout throughout the stories that I've read through so far through Genesis and Exodus, he keeps reminding the people, like, I made a covenant with your father and your grandfather. I, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to help you on this journey. It's the same thing with us. God wants us to have a healthy relationship with him. He wants us to, to know him and, and understand his plans for our life. In fact, Jeremiah uh, 29, 13 says, uh, God says to the prophet Jeremiah like this, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. And here's the key. It's wholeheartedly. When you look with him, with, with all that you have, you will discover God. You will find him. And that's the invitation that he has for us. Is, is, is I guess the question would be, Is what, what, what would it look like if you went all in with God? In 2018, what would your life look like if you just said, God, I'm all in? In. I'm totally committed. I'm, I'm, I'm all the way in. I'm, I'm, I'm give up, I give up everything or whatever it takes to say yes to what you have for me. What would your life look like? See, because the most, most of the thing, the challenge we have is, is we try to be closer. We try to know God, but it's not about trying. It's about saying, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it all. Uh, you know, and, and next week we're going to be uh, cheering for these guys in stretchy pants, right? Running across the TV and uh, they make millions of dollars for Wearing the stretch pants. And I, th- I think the consensus is it's, I'm glad the Eagles are in. Go, go, Julian Eagles. Um, Eagles are in. That's great. I hope they win. But what it was, seems like is there's not so much people are cheering for the Eagles. It's just they're more cheering against the Patriots. So it's like, it's great they're in. Um, but we're going to, if you watch these people, you're going to see fanatics, right? These, these crazy fans who are all in. Like, they don't, care. they don't care what everybody else thinks about the green paint or the blue paint or the no paint or the no clothes, whatever, you know. They're all in. Um, they're unashamed. They're, they're, they don't care because they are a fan of that. They're all in. And, and there's enjoyment in that. But here's the thing. We go all in for things like that, but, but that goes away. And, and after a couple of years, we forget. But God is saying, what if you went all in with your life? What would this year look like if you said, God, I'm all in? I will say no to all those things I've been playing with that that lead me away from you. God, I will will turn my attention away from those things that are harmful, that keep me from your best, and I just say yes to you. What would your life look like if you went all in and said, God, everything? He says, if you look for him wholeheartedly, you will find him. What would 2018 look like if you went all in with God and said, God, I, I give everything to you? What do you want from me this year? What do you want to do? I give it all. I'm, I'm going I'm to pour. I'm going to pour it all out and, and, and trust you for the outcome. And really, the truth, the thing is, it, it only the relationship with God that I'm talking about only comes when we actually say, "I'm all in." This is this is the challenge that, that Jesus gave the disciples. Come and follow me. What he's saying is, leave everything else behind and follow me. Like trust me on this journey. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you. Um, I went to. I just came back from a country that has 32 million gods that they worship. Um, and there's a god for just about everything. And while we were there, there was uh, certain holidays that they had to, to worship certain gods. And um, we went to one of the temples where they worship um, the god of that city. Um, and, and just a few years ago, they outlawed child sacrifice. So just up until um, a few years back, uh, it was still not uncommon for children to be sacrificed to this god. Um, and, it, and it's interesting that in the middle of it, it's it's... What I picked up on is, is the gods they create, they're made in the image of man. They're made in, in what we want for ourselves, not in, not in what God has. And there's a drastic difference in the God of the Bible and all the gods of the world. Well, God is saying, just trust me. Like, I understand how things work. Like, don't, don't keep going back to those things that don't work. Don't, don't put your trust in, in, in things that only fulfill your own, own lusts and your own pleasures. Like, trust me. Like, uh, my way is way better if you will just, just trust me and go all in. And, and, I, and I, I promise you, when I see people who give everything to God and, and, and follow him, their lives have more peace, more joy, because they're completely surrendered to God. And then I see those people who it's kind of like one foot in saying, yeah, I guess I'll be a Christ follower today, but I still want my other stuff. They're never satisfied because they're not completely in. They're, they're, they're only giving God a little bit, they're giving God a Sunday. They're giving God a, a few minutes on the day. But their heart is really about themselves. And God is saying, would you just let go of that and trust me? And so today, that would be my challenge uh, for us, is would you choose your relationships carefully? Um, and I would say, starting with God, would, would, you, would you choose that relationship carefully? Learn to nurture important relationships. Learn to restore broken relationships. Learn to, to cut off and sever harmful relationships. And then learn to initiate helpful relationships. And I would say, starting with God, if you have not started that relationship with God, would you do that today? Would you, would you be that kind of person that says, God, I'm all in. And I want to know the plans that you have for my life. The reason God used Abraham because he went all in. The reason God used the disciples is because they went all in. And they gave everything they had and they began to follow him. And their lives made a big impact because they were willing to say, God, this life is not just about me, but it's about what you want to do through me and in me. And out of that, how relationships are, are birthed, how the relationships are are, um, are are the result of us saying, God, I trust your ways. I want to see you. I want to follow your ways. Uh, so today, my, my challenge is that. Would you go all in? Maybe you're here today, and as I talk about that, you, you, you get that. It's like one foot's kind of in, and I, I, I like church. I like the Bible. I like things, but, man, I really like my other stuff. You know, I like these things. I like whether drugs or, or alcohol or uh, unhealthy relationships. Um, I, I kind of want both. you got to say, no, you have to choose. Because if, if there's not a both, it's either one or the other. What, what is your choice? And 2018 can be an incredible year if you would finally just say, I'm all in. God, I'm all in. And in those moments that we forget, that we, that we um, I get sidetracked, uh, that we would say, God, I'm coming back. Like, man, forgive me for that. I'm all in in your relationships. And then just trust God to lead you in those. So do me a favor. Close your eyes and bow your head today as we end our service. Um, I would like to invite those that are here today to say, you know what? I, I want to make a decision today. Go all in. I haven't been all in. I've kind of just been playing around. I've kind of just been looking from afar. But today I want to make that commitment. I want to make that choice to go all in. I want to choose to initiate the, the best relationship I could possibly have, and that's with the God of, of the Bible, the God that has um, opened a way for me to come back to him. If that's you today, would you, um, would you let me know just by lifting your hand? I won't call you to the front. I'll just pray with you right in your seat where you're at. Awesome. I see your hands. I'm all in, God. I make a commitment to follow Your ways. Awesome. I'm all in. If you raise your hand, I want to lead you in a prayer. Uh, simple prayer of relationship. Just saying, God, I, forgive me. Um, would You come and change me? And I confess that Jesus is my Lord. Bible says that when we confess and believe that that God sent His Son down that cross and He's alive, that that we're saved. So would you, uh, if you you raise your hand, would you pray this prayer? If you're a Christ follower, would you join us so that they're not praying alone? If you you raise your hand, would you pray this prayer with me? Would you say, Father God, I'm all in. Today I'm all in. Would you forgive me? Forgive me my past. Forgive me my choices that led me away from you. Would you change me? Make me a new person. I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior today. I believe he died in my place and he's alive today. Come into my life. I give it all to you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let me pray over those that prayed today. God, I thank you that there are people in this room, God, for some for the first time, others, Lord God, coming back. Thank you that uh, their heart is to, to give it all, Lord God, to, to cultivate healthy relationships, to give you the best of their life. God, I ask that you would just help us to become the people that make a difference in this world. God, I invite you, Lord God, just to lead us and to guide us. To um, this week, this year would be a great year as we um, invite you to lead us in our relationships, God. Starting with you, God, we're all in. Come and work in our lives, God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Can we celebrate those that?